1: You're
0: listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com slash wide men can't jump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. What's up, everybody? It is Wide Men Can't Jump, episode 47. It's Nate here with you. We're going to get into some talk with me and TR in a little bit, but right now, we're going to kick the show off with the big news. Last week, my Minnesota Timberwolves broke the news that um, Jimmy Butler was asking for the trade situation and... He wants out. He wants to go where he can make money and build a team. Uh, Tom Thibodeau has since been on record of saying he didn't want to trade Jimmy Butler. And so on. this past Friday, I sat down and got to speak with John Krasinski from The Athletic in Minneapolis. He is the guy who is number one when it comes to coverage of the Wolves. He has been so gracious to be on the show multiple times now. And John's a great guy and really knows this Wolves inside stuff. But um, during this interview, we talked about a couple other things besides Jimmy Butler and the situation going on with him. So I wanted to clear some, a couple things up. Uh, Carl, <clears throat> Carl Anthony Towns did re-sign on Monday. So you'll hear John and I say, you know, Cat hasn't re-signed yet. He did re-sign on Monday after we recorded this interview. So I wanted to get that clear uh, that Carl Anthony Towns has re-signed. Uh, Five years, $190 million. Carl Anthony Towns is back with the Wolves, so they inked him long-term. So as a Wolves fan, I'm really pumped about that. Um, One other thing is the Jimmy Butler situation has expanded. Tom Thibodeau doesn't want to trade him. Owner Glenn Taylor has stepped in, and Glenn Taylor is now being the one who is discussing moving Jimmy Butler And right now the biggest players that I'm seeing as of this recording is the Miami Heat. There's a lot of talk that Butler may end up in Miami in a trade that could involve players like uh, Kelly Olenek, Josh Richardson, Justice Winslow, players of that nature. So who knows? Uh, We haven't heard a definite trade yet, but I did talk with John Krasinski about what's going on in Minnesota, so I did want to clear a couple things up there. Before we dive into this interview, that was something that um I had uh wanted to bring up. And my good man TR is with me tonight. What's up TR?
2: Hey, could I order a, a large pepperoni, extra cheese?
0: <laughs>
2: oh shit.
0: Yes. Are we I'm on ready air for you. Yeah, we're live. Man. All right. I must have hit the <laughs> wrong
2: button now. I, uh, oh, I figured I'd open a show with you and then jump back um after the after Kuzinski
0: no, interview. Fine. Yeah, I'm getting ready to play it here in just a second. Um, I was clearing up that Carl Anthony Towns has re-signed with the Wolves for five years, $190 million. So he is back in Minnesota. Uh, Andrew Wiggins re-signed last season. Towns re-signed this season. So we've got our two dynamic players inked. Now it's just about, I guess, a rebuild again but at least we got our two cornerstone pieces that we're going to be able to try to recruit some players to come play with this young talent. And I'll have more to say after the interview with John that you're about to hear. But uh, So we do say in this interview that John, uh, we talk about Towns not re-signing as of yet, but he has now officially re-signed after we recorded this interview. So he signed two days later. Right on. Yeah. So uh, what we what we'll go ahead and do is – I'm going to go ahead, and since it's a little early in the show, let's go ahead and pay a bill. Then we'll jump into my interview with John Krasinski here on Wide Men Can't Jump. And on the other side, TR and I will start talking uh, our reactions to what's going on in Minnesota. We've got two great guests lined up to also join us tonight. And we're going to talk about lopsided trades a little later. So I know we're both looking forward to that. So uh, stick around with us. We'll be back here in just a second on Wide Men Can't Jump. I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love. Love's going to leave. WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine, and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to WowFreeCam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on WowFreeCam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? Yeah. You, old sailor, you Or you could be into two chicks at the man. same time, man. Whatever it is that you're looking up for, WowFreeCam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at WowFreeCam.com. So be sure to show them some love go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website, but make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun going on over at wowfreecam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. Joining me now is John Krasinski from The Athletic in Minnesota, the man who broke the news the other day of Jimmy Butler demanding a trade. Uh, John, what's going on, man?
1: Well, it's been quite a, uh, quite a week here, that's for sure, uh, in Wolvesland. Even by the standards of this franchise that's had a lot of dysfunction and a lot of misfortune over the years, this one is right up near the top. So it's, uh, it's been quite a week.
0: It has indeed um well first of all let's let's just go ahead and dive into it here. Um, what does this demand by jimmy butler where Where do you think this stems from from what you're hearing from the source um, where what is making him what is driving him to make this move
1: yeah i mean i just I think there are multiple reasons here um, and and you know you look at kind of one thing that has been kind of well reported and and examined is his um, situation in terms of what he thinks about Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. And I don't think it's a a dislike, but it's a, you know, he wonders if they are the right guys to be by his side to carry this team into real contention in the next couple of years. And so he has some doubts about that. Um, There are some contractual issues that he was hoping to address um and that have not that did not get addressed this summer um and so uh you know that that's been a thorn in his side um and i just think uh you know th- there's also a, a, a perhaps a a desire to get to a bigger market and to be in a like a new york or an la or something like that a, a city that that uh like, that he feels is that is exciting and 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 a little bit uh, above and beyond what uh what minnesota and minneapolis have to offer so there's you know there's not just one or two reasons there's there's a bunch of them in here but there's no question that he's serious about wanting out
0: yeah i mean the meeting went down he was already angry that the media had reported that it was on monday and not tuesday even though it probably got changed and it was correct but he uh I don't know, he kind of went on a little Twitter tirade there over the reporting of what day the meeting is, which it doesn't matter. The meeting is a meeting. I mean, I don't understand what that means. But um, Mm -hmm. how did the meeting with Tibbs go? Were were you near the meeting? Were you around it? Or what are you hearing about what was really discussed?
1: Yeah, I I wasn't near it. It was in Los Angeles at uh, Jimmy Butler's home. And so, um, you know, basically the way it was put to me was that, uh, Tibbs went out there hoping to convince Jimmy Butler to stay, um, to kind of come back and play another season and and do all of those things. Um, but uh uh Jimmy was stuck stuck to his guns and said, you know, Tibbs, no, this is it. I, I have you know, it's time to move. And and um Tibbs for has been resistant to um, the idea of trading him you know during the meeting before the meeting after the meeting, um, but uh you know things have gotten to be such a to such a toxic level that it 's hard to imagine the wolves um, not eventually kind of bowing and 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 moving him along so uh you know Tibbs knows how important Butler is to to him and to this team 's success and and he does not want to make a doesn't want to trade Jimmy, um, but at the same time, Jimmy I think is prepared to uh, make it as difficult as possible for the Wolves to hold on to him.
0: Well, Butler makes it known he wants out. If Tibbs doesn't trade him and Butler walks at the end of the year, that that doesn't do Minnesota any good. If anything, that's the worst case scenario, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Butler's made it clear he wants to go somewhere that can offer him a max deal and presumably get another max deal player, another big-time free agent, as next year's free agency looks to be one that's going to shape the league for a long time. Uh, Sources are saying Kyrie Irving is the guy that he wants to play with, Um, and he's made it clear he wants to go to the Clippers. Um, Why do you think he wants to go to the Clippers so bad as opposed to maybe – um, going to a contender to win a championship or something of that nature?
1: Well, I mean, you know, uh, so far I'm, I'm not sure that the Clippers are like the main – like he, would, I think he would go there, I think he would enjoy it, but I don't know that it's the like a number one priority that he gets there. But you look at some of the teams that he is targeting, the Clippers, the Knicks, the Nets, not necessarily super competitive teams right now, but, but one is they um, they all have – Max money to to give him and extra money to add other players around him, and so it you know it's one of those things where they might not seem like they're ultra competitive right away, um, but you know if if he goes there and he signs a max deal and they and they, are, they are able to bring a Kyrie Irving or a Clay Thompson or a you know any any number of uh, other free agents that it, that are going to be available next summer. Uh, then, you know, that's a a real possibility that uh, they would would kind of vault into contention really quickly. So uh, he's looking for a place that he can get a a lot of money. He's also looking for a place that he can win, and he's looking for a place that's in a bigger market. So certainly Los Angeles and New York would qualify uh, under those circumstances.
0: Well, moving from Butler, how does this affect Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, Uh, This young Timberwolves core, I mean, who is going to be most affected, and and what does this do to the psyche of Wolves players saying, okay, probably our best player right now uh, doesn't want to play with us anymore, and it could be our problem. Does this give them sort of a wake-up call, or do they just, you know, oh, well, see you later, it's business?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that there's a, there's, a lot of animosity toward Jimmy for doing this, and um, and you know, the, in uh, a relationship that was not uh, very great to start uh, that's, this only throws more gas on the fire and and so that's what makes it hard to envision him returning to um, and it, it, I, I, don't, I don't see a great scenario where Butler comes back into this locker room and, and things are hunky-dory so um, you know, there are problems here, there are problems with, you know, some of his teammates being upset. There are problems with many in the organization being really upset with Jimmy for, for the timing of this whole thing. And, and so it's really devolved into a, into a cesspool, to be honest. And, and it's a, you know, it's hard to see how it gets any better, or at least uh, good enough for him to come back and play here. That's, you know, the, the Wolves can say all they want right now, that they don't want to trade him, that they're not going to trade him. But, uh, you know, all the writing is on the wall that he's got to go.
0: Yeah, I think you got to pull the trigger here and get what you can out of it. Um, what, what teams have, have been interested in making offers? I know there's going to be a lot of interest from a lot of teams, and there's teams out there that even with a one-year rental of Butler think they could make uh, a run, especially in the East, with as wide open as that uh, conference is this year. Is there a team out there that's maybe going to give good enough value for the trade of Butler? Because we're not going to get equal value for him.
1: Yeah, no, not not even close to equal value, and the timing of it, and the the leverage taken away from the wolves puts them in a really difficult position. So, um, the the real question is, um, you know, how I guess how motivated are they to do it? And you know, whatever they get, it's going to be you know underwhelming because Jimmy Butler is a top ten or twelve player in the league, and and so you're not going to get that in return. Um, it's uh, it's just a really, really tough situation. I, you know, the Clippers maybe they they offer Tobias Harris, or you know, there's been some speculation about the Nets and Damari Carroll, and you know, things of that nature. So you got to hope that you hope that you get maybe one starting caliber veteran and maybe a draft pick or something like that. That might be about the best you can do, unless you pull a rabbit out of your hat, create a bidding war with several teams, and and see if the price goes up a little bit. Does
0: this reflect on Tom Thibodeau being the GM and the coach at the same time? Is this something that – because I'm seeing – there used to be rumblings of, okay, he's turning us into the Minnesota Timber Bulls. And I say us because yeah, I'm, a, I'm a huge Wolves fan and have been for years. But it, it kind of seems like he's just interested in going out and getting all of his old players. He signs Dang to the veteran minimum, which, you know, hey, if you can get Dang at a low price, I understand that. We bring Derrick Rose in. He goes trades for Jimmy Butler – Taj Gibson comes in. Uh, There's been reports. I don't know how true they are. He wants to yoke him Noah. Is Tibbs just kind of surrounding himself with his old team, and is this losing Butler going to affect his job?
1: Yeah, it absolutely is. He's in deep trouble right now. I mean, you know, Jimmy Butler is his guy. He's the guy that he brought in to kind of orchestrate this makeover and this facelift and and take the team to different heights. And uh, now his guy is the one – that's causing all of the problems right now, not all of them, but a lot of them. And so he's absolutely weakened as a leader, as an executive in this, uh, in this situation. And it's going to be really hard for him to survive this and, and, and figure this out. Um, you know, there, the, there's, there are people in the organization that aren't big fans of Tom Thibodeau. And when, when a situation like this comes up, this only hurts his standing and his ability to kind of command the room even more. So, um it's it's a it's a very difficult situation for Tibbs. It's also why he doesn't want to trade Jimmy Butler, but I mean the longer this goes, the messier it gets, the only it's only going to look worse for Tom.
0: Yeah, and Butler's timing as you said earlier couldn't be worse. I don't understand personally why he couldn't have have made this clear earlier in the offseason when there was there was value out there. We could maybe even before the draft could have made a move for some draft picks or something of that nature, but now it's just we're less than a month away from the season and this news breaks. And uh, as a Wolves fan, it was it was heartbreaking um, because we trade away two good young pieces and a good draft pick with uh, Laurie Markkinen that that was there available for the Wolves. And then with the draft pick we get, we lose Justin Patton two years in a row with broken feet. Don't know how he's ever going to recover or even get to play. And now it's almost like we're looking at Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and you know Jeff Teague, and this Wolves team went from a perennial playoff team, and it almost looks like if when this deal gets done that we're back well into the lottery again.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean it's 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 difficult. I mean, whenever you trade a superstar like this, um, you generally take a step back, you know. Um, and 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 that means in the west in a so so competitive um conference you, they they barely made the playoffs last year so you take jimmy butler out of this and uh, and you take that step back and you probably and you might be in the lottery again now the it's possible that 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 it isn't i mean you know if if towns and wiggins take big steps forward um, if they truly believe that you know uh, they're going to be better off without Jimmy Butler, and they're going to kind of have uh, chips on their shoulder to prove that they can do this without Jimmy, maybe they do take a step back or step up. Maybe maybe they are able to get at least enough in return to give them a little bit more talent around them, and then Wiggins and Towns will have to have to kind of be the franchise players that they've been advertised to be. And um, if that happens things could go well and, and they could still be in the playoff mix, but it, they will absolutely have their work cut out for them. It's going to be a difficult process to overcome, but they do have a lot of talent on their roster. And, and so um, if it does come together and coalesce a little better than it, than it, than it did, uh, you know, that, uh, that, could be, that could be important and, 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 and difference-making for this franchise.
0: One thing that, that hasn't been talked about a lot is I haven't seen or heard any reports unless I
1: missed something.
0: Carl Anthony Towns has not signed a new deal as of yet, has he?
1: He has not. That's still out there. So, I mean, you know, they have until October 15th to get that done, and that's just another um, issue that is facing this team. I mean, really they have uncertainty with two of their very best players, and that's, that's not a good position to be in.
0: No, it's not. Um, it, have you heard of what could be holding up that deal from getting done? Most people assume this deal would be done and over with months ago, and we here. We are season tips off here in you know less than a month, and we still have Carl Anthony Towns who has not signed a new deal as of yet. And if I'm not mistaken, he will enter a restricted free agency next year.
1: Yeah, if he doesn't sign the deal, that's right. Um, you know, still I think there's still some optimism that a deal could get done, but. Uh, you know carl really um is 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 was has been upset by a few of the moves that Tibbs has made this summer. I think he wants more conversation with Glenn and Tibbs about that, and I think this is him trying to exert some sort of leverage um and let people know that that he isn 't the happiest camper and and so um you know by by kind of making them sweat this out a little bit, this is him. Saying, look, uh, I, I I feel like I have some things that need to be addressed as well, and and if you don't, um, I'm going to really make this interesting for you. And so that's uh, you know th- those are some of the motivations that are that are kind of I think rattling around his in his head. But a lot of this is speculation because we haven't heard from Towns in months. You know, the couple of times that he's had a chance to comment publicly, he said you know I'm uh, we have some things to talk about, and he's left it at that. So. Uh, so, you know, we'll see, I mean, on media day on Monday, you know, every, everyone will be there to talk and we'll finally be able to ask some questions and we'll see what kind of answers come out of them.
0: Well, I can't wait to hear what kind of answers come out because this whole situation has turned into what I would call uh, an utter disaster for the franchise up in Minnesota. Um, I think though, if, if towns becomes a restricted free agent, the wolves of course will match any offer. Uh, that comes in, I mean, no doubt about that. I think it's been made clear. Um, and in my opinion, um, where I'm not associated with uh, the major press or anything, I will say Tom Thibodeau is probably gone soon. Uh, maybe not this year, but next year. Especially since I'm reading um, updates that the Wolves are not even listening to trade offers for Jimmy Butler. So this has been just a big situation mess, and they didn't improve their shooting in the off season. Um, it's just it's been probably one of the worst off seasons since the Kevin Garnett trade to Boston if you ask me
1: yeah it's I mean it's it's a really difficult um, situation right now there's no doubt about it and you know you look at what this organization has been through in the past Kevin Love Kevin Garnett trade um, you know Stefan Marbury like all of these different scenarios and and this one is right at the top because you not only have a star that, that is likely going to be moved, but you have a coach who's attached to that star who maybe thinks that his job is in jeopardy as well. And so um, that, that's not the good recipe for, for a good sound deal-making process. And so, you know, there's a lot to hash out. There's a lot to, to unfold here, but, uh, this is going to be a, a real mess. It's already a real mess, and it's only going to get messier here, I think, over the next week or so.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, one thing, though, before I let you go, um, do you think that the Wolves are making a mistake when they hire, hiring a GM and coach, to one man to do the same job? Do you think they need to have a GM and then have a coach? Because I think that is becoming a mess that we need to get away from, I think Flip Saunders did it great because it's Flip Saunders. But other than that, I think that it's become a problem and it's something that we need to resolve.
1: Yeah, it is. Um, I think, you know, it, when when Tibbs was hired and given both roles, there was sort of a little mini trend developing in the league uh, in this situation. Um, you know, you have – uh, you had Doc Rivers in LA. You had Mike Budenholzer in Atlanta. Um, Stan Van Gundy in Detroit. There, so there was there were several of them that did that, and and all of them are done now. You know, they, all of those those dual role guys are 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 gone. I mean, Rivers still coaches in with the Clippers, but there's a GM above him on the totem pole. Mike Budenholzer left Atlanta, and now it's just the coach in Milwaukee. Sam Van Gundy's been fired, so um, th- this is a problematic uh, uh, setup, and so um, that will have to change eventually. Whether Tom Thibodeau sticks around as coach or not, um, it, when they make big, you know, when when the when the changes do come, it's um, you know it, the, the the next iteration of this. There will be a separation of GM and head coach. I can guarantee that.
0: Yeah. Well, John, thanks so much for jumping on here. And I'm sorry, this seems like a kind of a gloom and doom interview, but I mean, there's really
3: not Just a lot reality. to look forward yep.
0: to in, in Wolves World at this point in time. And uh, as a fan, I've been here before, and I'm sure we'll be here again. But uh, if you could give our listeners, uh, let them know where they can find you online, where they can read your work, so we can keep up with this saga, because you were the man that broke the news. And when I saw it, I said, John, I know you're the messenger, but darn you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, so It's my, my Twitter is at John Krasinski, J-O-N-K-R-A-W-C-Z-Y-N-S-K-I. And you can read our stuff at theathletic.com slash M N and that's the Minnesota page of the athletic and so I uh, hope that uh people sign up and and, and join in cuz there's going to be a lot of stuff uh obviously of interest uh for everyone here going forward so uh it's it's a busy time but um you know we'll we'll do our best to to get to the bottom of it
0: but don't panic
1: the Vikings are doing well so far so nobody's <laughs> so, nobody far, so good there so we'll see about yeah. it yep. <laughs>
0: so at least One Minnesota team is doing well, so that's good news. But, John, (laughs) thanks so much for jumping on here with us. And I hope to have you back soon, and hopefully we have great things to talk about next time you
1: come. All right, thanks for having me. Thanks, John. You bet. Talk to you later.
0: personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by New Law Office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident?
1: When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia... We have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways. That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New.
0: For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New. We'll fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, and Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney.
1: Stephen P. New, attorney at law. Answers to your legal questions.
0: Well, that was my talk with John Krasinski from The Athletic in Minnesota, the man who broke the news of Jimmy Butler requesting a trade wanting out of Minnesota and kind of just coming to a head there with, uh Tom Thibodeau and and company and, and Coach Tibbs has uh been very adamant that he does not want to trade Butler and it's become a real head case and uh whenever I get uh T R back on with me, T R had to step away for a minute. He he and I will discuss that trade a little further a little bit later. But right now, uh I'm looking at Friday As the start of the NBA preseason, in case you haven't seen that, the preseason starts Friday. Melbourne United takes on the 76ers at 7 and then at 7.30 on NBA TV, the Celtics and the Hornets will play each other. But before we get to that right now, I am joined by John Hollis from RealBallInsiders.com and BballBreakdown.com. What's up, my man?
4: So... Is there somebody else? Like, do I have a doppelganger named John Hollis out here? Because I'm James Hollis.
0: Okay, excuse me, James. I said it
4: wrong.
0: (laughs) You know, I got the name right in front of me, and (laughs) I can't read today. Forgive me about that. I'm so sorry. Um, James Hollis, ladies and gentlemen.
4: I'm good, I'm good. I'm I'm actually on the East Coast right now, and uh, I'm ready to go back to the West Coast.
0: Oh, yeah? What's going on out here on the East Coast that's got you over here?
4: Uh, my day job. I'm in I'm in Rhode Island, and it's rainy, and it's kind ah. of dreary, and, yeah, it's really quiet where I'm at, so I'm ready for some sunshine and some a little bit more bustle in California.
0: I got you. I got you. Speaking of California, there was a guy from out east that took off for out west this summer, Mr. LeBron James, and we finally got our first look at the Lakers squad the other day on media day, all decked out in the Lakers colors, and they look like they're going to be um, – they look like they're going to be a tough team to to beat. Um, I don't have them as high as a lot of experts do, but what do you think the Lakers are looking at in terms of what we should expect out of them this season?
4: Due to LeBron James, they have such a high ceiling. Uh, we saw he he dragged the team of kind of a ragtag bunch to the finals last year. We, he's you know we know he he's almost supernatural. But then it's just a weird fit, man, and, you know, sooner or later, LeBron James might start to show some, you know, decline. I think that their floor, while it's not like they're not the Sacramento Kings, they just have a huge, a huge gulf between, like, their best and worst-case scenarios. So, I mean, it, it's going to be exciting. They're going to um, – they're young, they're athletic, then LeBron James can get the best out of the guys. So, I don't know, man. It's, it's really tough. I, I just know that we're going to all watch, though. We're all going to be tuned in.
0: Oh, yeah, anywhere LeBron goes, the ratings just seem to follow. Um, he even went on record of saying they're not ready to compete with the Warriors yet. So he's come out and said, hey, if you're expecting me to be in uh, the ninth, ninth straight finals this year, don't be looking for it because we're not ready. Um, is that a smart move by him to let Laker fans know, hey, we're not there yet?
4: Absolutely, because he's, and that's good. He's being realistic. And it's funny because there are some detractors who are saying stuff like, oh, LeBron James didn't make a basketball decision. He wanted to do some off-court stuff. Let's be real. LeBron James is a great basketball player. You know, probably – let's be – he's top two, top three, whatever you want to call him. But he's, he's one of the best we've ever seen. He, um, he still, you know, he's not quite in his prime, but he still has a lot in the gas tank. And I think, you know, we know that the Lakers are on a finished product. That's why they gave guys like Rondo and um, uh, the guy from Indiana – What's it, Lance Stevenson. They get Lance uh, Stevenson. Yeah, they get him these, one, yeah, these one-year deals because they, you know, they they know that this is not a complete the puzzle's not complete. The whole goal is to get that cap base for next summer, bring in another big gun, and then they're going to be ready to roll. You know, they sign another big guy with LeBron James, and you got Lonzo, and you got So that that's the goal, and he knows it. He's being he's being honest. Um so that's that's a rare case of a, an athlete being very candid. So, you know, people are saying some people weirdly say that the Lakers are going to miss the playoffs. I doubt that LeBron James is too good, but you know, they're not contenders. They're not,
0: no, they're not going to miss the playoffs. I think you would be insane to say they're going to miss the playoffs. Like even last season, I think they were the 11th seed in the West. Uh, It was 11 or 12 and they weren't that far back. So if you get the best player in the world on that team, that's a playoff team, Uh, especially with all the dysfunction in Minnesota right now. And as a Wolves fan, it's uh it's been a mess. So you know, I talked to John Krasinski about that and uh just we heard that interview a minute ago. Uh what what's your take on what's going on in Minnesota? I know I've I've had it up to here with Jimmy Butler, so I'm ready to ship him, but uh what what do you think about that?
4: Um I'm rubbing my hands and I'm giggling with glee. Only because Minnesota fans got a little bit full of themselves once they got Jimmy Butler and there's talk of, oh well you know what, we could probably is Houston really that much better than us? So, so, um, and you know what? I'm here for the chaos. The NBA is the best league in the world for this reason right here. Like, did anyone it, we all knew that there was maybe some, some tension in Minnesota. No one expected Jimmy Butler to demand a trade. No one expected Tibbs to say no we're trading them. No one expected the owner to come out and say well, yes we are. So, this is um, this is the kind of thing that makes the NBA great, man. It's this not even on-court stuff. It's all, it's all the other stuff. It's, it's a great storyline. So, um, it's just fascinating to watch because they got to train Jimmy Butler. And then we get to see what, what what exactly is Carl Anthony Towns, what exactly is Andrew Wiggins. Uh, they seem to be two talented players on opposite trajectories. Carl Anthony Towns seems to be getting better and better, and his potential seems to be, you know, his stock is on the rise, while Wiggins somehow is flatlined. and these You know, people are, are jumping off the Wiggins Island. So um, this is going to be fascinating. You know, what kind of haul can you get for a player like Jimmy Butler who's a top 15 player in the league, but he's only had a year left on that contract. Um, he, he, I think, I, I did, I looked at this. I think he's only played more than 67 games once in the last like three or four seasons. So he has a little injury concerns. He's almost 30. Um, if you pay him that max, you, you're, you know, what's that going to look like in, when he's 34 years old with all the how hard he plays. And it also, it's something about Jimmy Butler's leadership. Right, he he kind of flamed out in Chicago with the same kind of thing, where he kind of butted heads with guys and they traded him. Uh, he got there for one year in Minnesota in the playoffs, and now he's demanding a trade. That's not like you know he has this hard-nosed kind of personality, but that's not really leadership. When when things get tough, you want to bail, you know. When things get tough, so this is uh it's fascinating, man. It's a fascinating, uh, exam- uh, fascinating examination of personalities, dynamics, locker room chemistry. And um, I'm just excited to see how it turns out.
0: Yeah, as I sit back and look at that team, especially as a fan of that team, and that's the team that I've loved through the the good and the bad. Um, I watched them with uh, the Al Jefferson years. I watched them with Kevin Love. And then I finally start to see a little headway with Carl Anthony Towns. Then we get Jimmy Butler. We finally get back to the playoffs, an eight seed. But we are in, and I still maintain – we would have been higher had Butler not went down. However, um, this Jimmy Butler situation is just a mess. Um, Tom Thibodeau is so gung-ho on trying to keep this bull squad from 10 years ago together. He goes out, he gets Lou all dang in the offseason, gives him a veteran minimum deal because the Lakers do the buyout with him. And now the Wolves are, are jokingly called the Timber Bulls. Um, I you mean, have Derrick Rose. I mean, it's not wrong. It's not wrong at all. No, not, not at all. And you have Derrick so, Rose now, and you have Taj Gibson. You have Butler, who wants out. Dang's coming in. And as a Wolves fan, looking at how this situation is being handled, looking at how Tom Thibodeau has completely ignored the fact that the Wolves need shooting in the worst possible way. Their shooting is awful. They're looking like they're going to need more more value at that wing position. Uh, Lou Deng's not going to get it done. We've got Derek Rose, who's on bad knees. Um, you got your star player who wants out. So it's, it's really a mess that Thibodeau's built around this team. There's bad contracts all over the place. We're trying to unload Gorgie Jangham. The Wolves. Who last year were the team everyone was ready to fall in love with, has now become the team that has hit the iceberg, and we're waiting on somebody to come in and patch the boat up, and it's looking bad.
4: It is. It is. It's a. It's a, like I said, it's a fascinating study in personalities, um, and this is. You know, I think we all we've seen it now in uh, Detroit. We've seen it now with the Clippers, the GM and coach in the same one guy doing GM and coaches doesn't work because they have no, such different responsibilities. And like, so you got, you got the coach side of them trying to win now and he will, he will short, like he'll short change the GM side. So it just doesn't work. And they, and that's, you know, that's, that's the problem with tips. You know, it's, it's, it just doesn't work. Um, you know, they gave him, you know, a lot of personnel say, and this is what happens. So if, I'm not a big fan of Tibbs as a coach. I think he did a great job in Chicago of uh, you know the defensive principles, and he got guys to play hard. That's awesome. But like you said, like you said, you can't run a modern offense and not shoot not shoot threes. You can't just play this junk it up basketball and, and think you're going to be a contender. You just can't do that. And you know, I think Tibbs maybe would be better suited as a defensive coordinator type. You know, uh, you know the the like the lead assistant coach, and he runs the defense and and gets guys motivated and have a, a a more offensive minded head coach or something because, I mean, even last year with like you said, if Jimmy Butler was healthy, sure the Wolves would have been higher seeded, but they didn't really you know they junked it up and they they went to Jimmy Butler a lot late in games and you know a lot of mid range jumpers from Wiggins and and I think Carlton Towns was underutilized offensively they didn't put him in the best spots always and he still played great so like you. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Tibbs. I would hate my team to have him as a coach. Um, he does it like he's so bullheaded. He's so stubborn. He's so stuck in this loyalty thing with his old players. It's, it's just not, it's not the greatest. And you know what? It's, I guess for some teams it will work, but you've got these young guys in Carnegie Towns and Wiggins, they need a modern coach. They're modern players, quote-unquote millennials, whatever you want to call them. They're just You can't just, you know, browbeat them and think they're going to get better. That's not how it's going to work. That's not, how the, kind of, that's not the kind of kids they are.
0: No, I mean, they come from more of the AAU style of ball, and they're more run-and-gun kind of players. You're going to see um, if if Towns and Wiggins, and I have a feeling that this situation, if, to, if Tom Thibodeau sees the end of this season as the head coach of the Wolves, I'll be stunned. I just don't see that yeah. happening. Um, you got two young players now, both who are re-signed, both who are wanting to stay in this city for now at least. Uh, you've got to do something with them. They're both ready to play now. Neither have really hit their full prime yet. If you let Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns go out and have fun, because I think that's what's missing from the Wolves organization. They're not having fun. To them, basketball is now a job, which which it is in a way, but basketball is a game. It's supposed to be fun. And these guys now are getting browbeated. They're getting defense hammered into them, which defense is important, but – They're not allowed to run. They're not allowed to get out and sprint and slam dunk the ball, really. I mean, if you get a fast break, you're allowed to do it in tip system. But the first thing you do when you get a rebound, if you have a guy on the run, you slow it down. You throw it to Jeff Teague. You set up the offense, and it's slow. It's clunky. Um, You can't score over 100 points, and you're not going to win any kind of playoff series if you can't put up over 95 points. It's just not going to happen. And the defense hasn't been there. There's no outside shooting presence whatsoever. Their best outside shooter is a seven-footer than Carl Anthony Towns. Mm-hmm. Jamal Crawford, bail. Yep. Um, it's just a messy situation in Minnesota right now, and I, I'm glad that I got to talk to John Krasinski about it, and I'm glad I'm getting somebody else's point of view on this situation. I was a Tibbs fan. I thought he would be great coming in, but now I want him gone, and I want him gone yesterday. Um, I don't I'll, care who we I'll say this. get.
4: I asked the question when he first got hired and I got kind of yelled at on Twitter. I just said, hey, man, Tim did a great job coming into Chicago with a kind of established team and, and he made them better. Can he coach and can he teach and can he get the best out of those young guys? And I got kind of lambasted for that, you know, as I was questioning this great coach and it turns out like that's just, maybe he's just, that's not who he is, right? He You, you give him established yeah. veterans as we saw in Chicago, guys who've already been there for, you know, at least a year or two and, and he got them, he whipped them into shape. But, Guys like Townsend, like you said the AAU generation, it's just different. And and I, he doesn't really it doesn't seem like he relates to them or he's getting through to them. And guess what? Wiggins got what 150 million. Townsend's got what 190 million. These guys yep. got their money. They they're paid like stars and they probably expect to be treated like stars, not being screamed at from the sidelines. So, it 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 it, it may not be right, but that's just how it is.
0: Yeah, and you got Jimmy Butler who's not helping the matter and it seems like If you leave a team where you're having an issue with younger players and you go to another team and start having the same issues with younger players, you may want to look in the mirror because this is just the modern NBA. Maybe you're the problem. And not saying Butler's not a good player. He's a great player, but Butler's never really known to me. Butler's always looked at as a guy who thinks of himself in the same sentence as, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, et cetera, I don't think he's there. I think Jimmy Butler, his career really parallels that of Dwight Howard. He kind of just goes from team to team. He's hyped. He's a good player, but he can never get him to that next level. He's not a guy that can take over and lead a team. He's just a really good player when it comes to playing basketball.
4: That That's a little harsh. I think that's a little harsh. But, you know, I'll say this. There are maybe six players in the league, five players in the league, if you want to, I don't know, five or six players in the league that you would say, like, that's a superstar, franchise cornerstone guy. He can elevate any team. Jim Butler is not one of those players, but he carries himself like one. And I get it. Every team, you need a star. That's why, you know, there's, there's you've got guys who earn max money who aren't quite, you know, they're not LeBron James. That's fine. But he carries himself, and he expects to be treated like a superstar, and he's just not quite one. And we're seeing what happens when, a guy who's not LeBron James or Steph Curry or, you know, Kevin Durant is thrust into that role and asked to be that franchise savior. Cause I mean, that's just not who he is. He's really good. He's, you know, but if he's their best player, we're seeing like, I mean, the bulls were a 40 something win team with him as their best player. He's going to miss 15 to 20 games with injury. that's just how it is. He, you know, he's going to grade on his teammates because he, he scrapped from, you know, being where he was picked and, and being a, you know drafted as a defensive guy, he's made himself into an all-star. That's great. But he he expects everyone else to be the same way, and it's just not how it is. So, um, again, man, it's, just, it's fascinating because he's a good player. He's definitely, again, top 10, top 15, what do you want to call him. But he's just not that level. Same thing with Paul George. Paul George was great in Indiana. He put up numbers, and but he's just not that level of player to take a team from so-so to great or so-so to even really good. He's going to take a team that's so-so and make them – like less so-so make him, you know, from 40 wins to 46 or, so. I don't know. That's just, that's just how it is, man. So, um, yeah, I'm, I, I want to see him go to Miami cause I think that's a good fit for him. Uh I want him to go to the Clippers because I think, you know, he, I think the Clippers, well, no, I'm thinking more. I got Kawhi to go to the Clippers, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. This, this is going to be fascinating. I just, I, I love the NBA. Well, the, the heat, have been very
0: active in trying to acquire Jimmy Butler. I think Pat Riley thinks he can get Jimmy Butler to stay and become, I guess that franchise cornerstone there. Uh, Miami's got issues as well, though. Like that's my issue with them. They're a good team. And if they get Butler, they're going to be back in the playoffs. But depending on what they have to give up, I have right now, I have Miami missing the playoffs this season Um, unless they acquire Butler, then they'll be back in. And that'll knock out my potential sleeper for the playoffs this season uh, in the East, which is, t- to me, the Chicago Bulls. But I don't know. Jimmy Butler seems like he's more focused on the area of Jimmy Butler. But that's just to be expected. But speaking of the Bulls, we talked about the Bulls with Butler earlier. I think they're a potential playoff team. And my co host, uh, TR, who's normally with me, he's uh, running a little behind. He. Doesn't he thinks they will be as well? We think that they can sneak in at that eight seed. You know what say – Say it again. I said we've had the Hello? Bulls. Um, you,
4: you got me. You still with me? Oh, there you go. Yep. Sorry, you broke up for a minute. There. Go ahead.
0: No, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, I was just saying the Chicago Bulls have been a sleeper team. Uh, for me and my co-host on um, getting that eight seed in the playoffs. Do you think the bulls cause, and we've kind of been laughed at for saying that do you think the bulls could sneak into that eight seed in the playoffs this season?
4: I don't think it's laughable that well, I don't know quite the eight seed, but i did i did a I did a piece on b ball breakdown about how they're kind of like my my uh surprise breakout team where they were laughing stock last year, you know they weren't good uh they and part of that was on purpose right they they kind of you know they they tanked a little bit toward the end of the season there but um i I mean, the pieces are there. I like them. I, I, you know, uh, Wendell Carter Jr., good player. Uh, Larry, um, Mark marketing is going to be really good. They have a lot of young talent. Let's see how they all mesh. It seems like, you know, Bobby Portis is, is really honed in on that, that backup role, and he wants to be a super sub. So they're kind of deep, and, you know, they're – Hey, if Levine and uh, our guy uh, Jabari Parker can, you know, just be offensive fulcrums, which we know they both, they both can be 20-point-per-game scorers. And if you've got defense around them, Chris Dunn's a strong defender. I think Portis has a lot of potential. Um, and Marketing is going to be a big-time scorer too. I mean, this, is, this, is, this could be a modern, uh, you know, very hard-to-guard kind of team offensively. I think defense is, going to, is probably going to be, you know, pretty bad because they're a young team and they don't have a lot of defenders. But yeah, man, I I don't know if A seed. I guess it's not beyond the pale. It's not. I mean, Detroit. Who who are they competing with? Detroit, the Hornets. Those aren't. No, really, have, those aren't. No. Go ahead.
0: I I have Detroit sneaking into the seven, uh, Miami with the eight, or not Miami, Chicago with the eight. As of right now, I don't have Miami getting in. I had Miami missing mm-hmm. the playoffs, um, unless they acquire Butler. Then that's going to change change things up a little bit. But I think Detroit's going to sneak back in because I don't think Cleveland's going to be there. I think Cleveland falls out. I agree. Unless something majorly changes in in the atmosphere in Cleveland. Can Ty Lue actually coach? That's what we're going to find out this season. Uh, The re-signing of Rodney Hood is big. I I actually like that they signed Rodney Hood. Um, That makes them more of a contender to me because I thought Hood was gone. I thought Hood would go test-free agency, but But Kevin Love is not Kevin Love of old. And they bring in Channing Fry, They stuff, J.R. Smith. Um, Just not a team that really gets me hyped. With LeBron James, you can only get a four out of that team. And it's not like they were trying to get used to playing with each other. They were a good team. I mean, maybe Larry Nance, Jordan Clarkson. But that team had some issues last year. And LeBron turned it on in the playoffs and got through some tough opponents. I think Indiana improved this offseason, so that's going to make them even better, um, the Indiana team of this year would beat the Cleveland team of last year in that Game 7. That's an opinion. Most people will disagree, but I honestly think that Indiana team now is so much better than what they had in terms of what they added. But looking at Cleveland and looking at the the East, there's a lot of teams that just got better. Detroit being one, and I think with Detroit they added uh, Dwayne Casey, and that was their best off-season pickup, as far as I'm concerned.
4: Uh yeah, I'm not the biggest Casey fan in the world, but I mean, he, you can't argue with what he did with Toronto, right? They took a bunch of kind of mismatched parts, two stars, and I mean, they he, he he made them into you know regular season powerhouses. LeBron James just was too much, and he broke their he broke their spirits. I mean, that's not coach's fault. You know, I, you know he always coach always said the right thing. But, you know, I think LeBron James really gotten DeMar Carroll, uh DeMar Carroll. Uh DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry's head. It's absolute, it's an absolute fact. So, um, yeah, Detroit's gonna be I just worry about the the match of Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan because I mean not DeAndre Jordan, team thinking again about Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin and uh what's the game? Uh, Andre Drummond. Drummond. Andre Drummond. Right, because, I mean, it just much like the, the, the mismatch of him and DeAndre. Like, neither one really spaces the floor. They want to operate in the same areas. Drummond's limitations kind of just, you know, it's a kind of a clutter. It's not a great fit. Uh, Reggie Jackson, I think, still has some issues as far as the injury. I, 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 somebody tweeted out something with art, an article where, there's you know, he's still not 100%, which is kind of troubling. Because if he's not 100%, they're in trouble. Detroit's going to be in trouble. Reggie Jackson has to play at least 70, 70 games and be, you know, ninety percent of what he used to be. Because if he can't get into the lane and, and puncture the defense and 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 uh you know run pick and roll and and create havoc, then then what are they going to, what are they going to do? You know, that's what's really killed Detroit in the last couple of years. Um, about Miami, I think you know last couple of years have been about a five hundred team. Waiters has missed a lot of time in the last couple of years. If Waiters can get relatively really healthy, they're still going to be tough out. They're going to be tough out. They're going to win, you know. They're going to be scrappy like they always are. But I, I really like Bam Adebayo in year two. Josh Richardson seems to be on the cusp of kind of breaking out. So they're, they're good, you know. They're, if they get Jimmy Butler, they'll be a lot better. But they're a good team. So, uh, so I, I wouldn't, I, I'll say this. If the Bulls grabbed an AC, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't know if I bet money on them. But if you did, I wouldn't think you were crazy.
0: Yeah, and Detroit picked up a couple a couple of players in the off season. They were able to get Glenn Robinson the second to to sign there. They they had a uh, they did draft uh, Bruce Brown from uh, Miami, and that seemed to be you know they didn't really have a highlight draft due to the trade with Blake Griffin where they lost their their lottery pick. But uh, Jose Calderon coming back to Detroit kind of gives that veteran leadership there and.
4: With Detroit, I'm sorry, man. I guess I, I Calderon has been bouncing around so much because he's not a good player. He's not. he's just not. Well, a good I mean, I, I agree. I mean, I agree. He's not going to
0: be effective on the court. He's going to be one of those guys who's a locker room leader. That's what I mean. Is he's a veteran. Uh, he can kind of talk to these younger guys. He he's not going to be a guy you're going to see on the court. Um, he's right. kind of way past prime, um, and he wasn't really. The best thing in the world anyway,
3: it is fine, right?
0: but but there is also a little bit of a rumor still um Kimball Walker has made it clear he wants to remain in Charlotte, but with the hornets, it seems like they've been trying to trade Kimball Walker now for a year and a half so
4: well, uh, no, no, Walker, let's let's be we all want to we all like I think most bloggers bloggers in. And publications want to trade Camel Walker. Camel Walker doesn't want to be traded, and neither Charlotte doesn't want to trade him, which is – I want him traded trade it too. But, um, yeah, Charlotte's never really had him on the trading block, it seems like. Yeah, uh,
0: Charlotte just is, is another mystery team to me. I feel like they should be so much better when you look at them. But then you see him on the court, and it's like, well, Nick Batum's not what he once was. Um mm-hmm. Marvin Williams never panned out. Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is a good defensive player. Um, for my money, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist has the worst jump shot in the NBA right now, uh, in terms of form and look, because that ball has a side spin. I don't care what anyone says. I've seen it in person, and I'm like, that is the ugliest jumper. And I'm a horrible when it comes to actually shooting a jump shot. And I think I have a better jumper than Kidd-Gilchrist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
4: not to me. Charles not for that. Uh they, nah. they did this thing back and forth. Yeah, they did th- well not even the threat. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. Right? Every year they do this thing. Like for the last few years it was like they either just squeak in or they miss and then they've missed like the last two or three years. They haven't markedly improved. It would take uh, you know, uh I I love the guy they picked last season. Uh what's the kid's name? The the guard.
0: Malik Monk. Malik Monk.
4: I love Malik Monk's potential. He has to really show he has to turn potential into production this year for them to to like take a, even a half step forward. Um, Who they even? Oh, they got the kid. Uh, they drafted Bridges. the the small. Yeah, Miles, Miles Bridge right?
0: Out of Michigan State. And he's a
4: player. Yeah, he's good. Uh, he can score a little bit, but he's a rookie. You know, is he going to really be an impact for rookie? He, was, he might get some numbers, but I don't think he's going to be really. You know, most rookies just aren't good. So um, yeah, yeah. They're, they're still just paddling along on that on that you know eighth seed to ten seed play, uh, treadmill. They're not good. Uh, and, and I really hope for Kemba's sake he he uh he kind of wakes up and and goes somewhere else. But, hey, if he loves being there, he loves being there, and you can't really fault the kid.
0: Yeah, you can't. Um, and I like that he's – actually, I live in West Virginia, so he's on. Uh, that's a five-hour trip for me to get there. It's the closest NBA team. So uh, mm-hmm. I usually go down and try to watch when the Wolves come into town. But uh, it's always fun watching Kemba. I've watched a lot of Kemba. He's a great player. Um, <laughs> who's the team, though, James, that you think – Um, and this will probably be my last one before I let you go. I've kept you on here way too long Uh, anyway. But uh, who's the team that we're looking at right now as the preseason starts up here uh, Friday that you think is going to be maybe the biggest surprise of the 2018-2019 season?
4: I mean, I actually did. Like I said, for b Breakdown, I actually wrote, you know, we did that kind of team that surprised. I, I, I did put the Bulls. Uh, also, the Knicks. I think the Knicks are going to be, you know, they're not going to be. I don't think they're they're going to be good or a playoff team, but I I feel like they're turning a corner, and even like culturally, and you know, just kind of like you know, they've been the bumbling Knicks. I really like the pick. Uh, I like I like Kevin Knox. I think uh, Frankie Smokes can be a good player. And, you know, I think they're going to let him off the leash a little bit. I love the coaching pick and getting Fisdale in there. So I think the Knicks are going to surprise people and have to be. If not really, you know, good, they're gonna be competent. I think they'll be competent. They're gonna lose games, and they're gonna they're gonna make young young mistakes, but they're gonna be competent. So that's one team. Um, who else? And then I guess in the other, like in the upper echelon, I think the Thunder. I think the Thunder did a little bit of addition by subtraction, where you know Mello was just kind of a bad fit. Uh, they were kind of stressed. You could tell that when a team has pressure on them, you know, Paul George could leave, and they signed Mello, and you know Russ just signed his contract, and. It it, it was kind of like, you know, they, 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 you said this earlier, teams have to have fun to win. The Thunder had no fun last season. They were joyless. You could tell they were kind of, you know, rushed and stressed about every, you know, every game. So I think now they're going to be freer. Russ is uh yeah, the surgery, it's not the greatest, but Paul George signed long-term. Everyone's going to be a lot more relaxed. I think they're going to, they're going to play a a little more freely. So I think the Thunder are going to be better than people think. Uh, You know, I think they're not the Rockets, but, they have a chance to be like an upper echelon team in the West. So, yeah, those are my two teams, or three teams, I guess. I think Chicago's going to be better than people yeah. think. I think the Knicks will be better than people think. And I think that the, the Thunder are going to be a little more cohesive than they were last year.
0: I think with the addition of Dennis Schroeder, the Thunder, um, you know what, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, you may call me nuts for this, and that's okay. I'm going to pick the Thunder to be end up being the two seed this year in the playoffs. I think they'll pass the Rockets. Um, I don't like Houston losing Trevor Ariza and Mbamute. Um, I think Carmelo Anthony is going to slow that team down in terms of what they like to do. They switch every single player on defense and mellow the defensive liability. They're going to have to score even more. Not saying they can't, but I think Oklahoma City, by adding Dennis Schroeder, by re-signing Paul Mm -hmm. George, by bringing Nerland's Noel in, uh, as a rim protector, that'll give Stephen Adams a little bit of a break. I think the Thunder can still squeak into that two seed. I really do.
4: I like it, man, because I'm. You know, I think you know it. I'm a big Westbrook supporter. He, um, I think Westbrook bought into his own hype a little bit too much last season, and he became almost a caricature of himself. I'm hoping this year we can see him be more of a basketball player and more and less of a triple double machine. Um, and yeah, man, I, I think I like, yeah, the best backup they had in town since Reggie Jackson, and Reggie was really good for him. Nerlens Noel has a lot to prove. If he can, be, you know, just play defense, run the run, run the floor, and and catch lobs, then he he he'll be successful. You know, so I'm agreeing with yeah. you, man. I think that um, I like the. Well, I'm not going to agree with you. I still think Houston is just offensively such a buzz saw, but I I think we may see that the Thunder are better, even if they don't win as many games. They might go. Oh, I don't want to say they might go further than playoff because Rockets fans will kill me. But I like where you're ahead of that. I like where you're ahead of that. Okay. All right. Hey, nothing
0: wrong with that. But, James, man, thanks for jumping on with us. James Hollis from B-Ball Insiders, everybody. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you at?
4: Uh, mostly on Twitter. I've, I've been working a lot, man. I haven't been writing lately. So, you can find me at B-Ball Breakdown. Some of my old stuff, at least. Go peruse it. Um my man, uh, shout-out to my man, uh, Rafael Torres uh, at Real Ball Insiders. Uh, we're going to start doing some group stuff there and, and get some some content out for you guys because they, the season's starting, man, and we get, I'm excited. Go Celtics. <laughs> well, J- James, thanks for jumping on. Not John,
0: James, ladies and gentlemen, James Hollis. Nah. <laughs> thanks again, man, and I hope to have you back real Thank soon, you, all right? Thanks, man. Right, man. Have man. a good one. Peace. Well, that was James Hollis. And ladies and gentlemen, T.R. Shock has joined me here live. T.R., what's up, buddy?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I decided to wait till the top of the hour to get a rating spike.
0: Huh? <laughs> That's fine, because we're about to get a rating spike, because joining us right now is Rafi Wong from Sacramento Kings Fan sided Blog. He's here to talk Kings with us. What's up, man?
3: Not much. Doing well. How about you guys?
0: Doing alright. I got your name right, didn't I?
3: Yeah, that's correct.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I'm I'm back on it. <laughs> but Robbie, thanks for jumping on with us. Uh we're here to talk a little bit about the Kings. This has been, I think, the last team that we have ever had anybody on to talk about. We can I've been trying to get a hold of someone that knows anything about the Sacramento Kings. And I'm so glad that I found you to jump on here and talk Kings with us, because to me, the Kings are a very interesting franchise. First off, my first question is, did you like the pick of Marvin Bagley, or would you have preferred Luka Doncic?
3: I honestly would have preferred Luka Doncic, because I think he just fits a a bigger need for the Kings and would have been a more immediate impact. But um, I did have Bagley third on my list. Right behind Doncic, so I'm still happy about the pick. But I would pick Doncic ahead of him. For
2: all right, I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of with you on that. The consistency, T.R. How you doing tonight? By the way, um, I uh, I felt especially with the with the trade with Atlanta. It's almost like Sam Sam Henke in disguise, where he's trying to tra- trying to tank because. Uh, I think Doncic is really going to come out strong this year and 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 turn some heads. But um, back to Sacramento, they came off. Uh, we were reading odds the other week, one of the previous shows, and they came off last. I believe they were last, right? Nate, six hundred to one. Um, uh, yeah, it course,
0: was it was pretty high odds. The championship or playoffs
2: uh it was it was the championship, which obviously you know oh, okay that that yeah. would be that that would be about right if not low but uh I don't know i just uh I'm optimistic with young talent um, do you see this turning around? I mean Nate and I are secret fans of the bulls young talent to try to you know come together and and make a little bit of change in the east to sacramento let's not get crazy and say this upcoming season, but what do you think about maybe two seasons from now? You think they might get a nucleus that they can stay with?
3: Hopefully. I mean, um, I think it just depends on how the talent develops this year. Um, I'm with you not too high on the Kings right now this year, just because they're so young and they're also playing in the Western conference, a conference that got a lot better this summer, in my opinion. So it just depends on how they develop this year. And, Hopefully, um, by the end of this season, they're able to find out which guys are able to lead the core or able to be part of their core going forward and can lead the team for the future years. Right on.
0: One player that I always uh, was interested in being, I live in West Virginia, so I got to see a lot of this guy, and man, was he a pain in my ass when he played at Oklahoma. That was Buddy Heald. Um, Buddy used to just destroy the Mountaineers when he came into the Coliseum and in the Big 12 Championship Tournament. But um, Hill's been a guy who, I, in my opinion, since he came into the league, he's kind of not really been what he once was in college, but I think he's do he's found a, a niche or a good, good spot for himself out there in Sacramento. What's the feelings on Buddy Hill? Is he a guy that the Kings are looking to – keep around a long time, or is he more of a guy that's like, well, he's here, he's young, let's give him one more year and let's see what he can turn into?
3: Based on what I saw last year, I thought he did really well, and I think the Kings also thought that as well. Um, last season, I think he was arguably their best player because he was so efficient on the offensive end. Obviously, he doesn't have the dribbling skills yet to create his own shot, but he was a really good shooter especially from three-pointer, and he has their second-best scorer. And since he is still pretty young, um, I think they do want to make him part of their young core, but this will be a big year for him to show that he can separate himself from being just a cog in the system to being, you know, one of the main guys going forward.
2: Uh, I have a question. I'm I'm based in Philadelphia, and – we have you know a sexy team, so to speak, um, a media darling of sorts with Simmons and Embiid and possibly Fultz, et cetera. Um, you know, I look I look at your talent out there. I wanted the Iron Fox over Fultz for one, but um, Bagley and um, Heald, as as mentioned, and you know, you just got a, a string of young guys. Is is the media out there or or the city? embracing any one or two in particular as like their their guys, so to speak.
3: I think the two main guys or may I actually would add three. Um okay. I think three guys that I think the people in Sacramento are really banking on are Darren Fox, uh Marvin Bagley the third, and also Harry Giles, who was he sat out last season. Um, Mm -hmm. I think those are the three guys that um, Sacramento and all the fans but also the organization and the media think that the Kings are going to build around. It's kind of like their big three just because all of them are super young and all of them have that high ceiling of being, you know, having star caliber talent. Gotcha.
0: Um, One thing I have been noticing, the Kings name has been coming up, um, in this ridiculous, uh, as a Wolves fan, it's ridiculous to me, Jimmy Butler saga up in Minnesota. There's a lot of teams that are trying to find a way to make this trade happen. And the Kings have been vocal in saying, we will take on a big contract as long as it comes with a draft pick. Uh, the poten- mm-hmm. the What I'm hearing is more than likely Gorgie Jang would be the contract that ends up getting dumped. And there's a a draft pick to, to come with it. Uh what are you hearing, if anything, from the Kings about what um what they could potentially land, who would the draft pick more than likely be from, uh, and the possibility of Gorgie Jane joining that already stacked uh front court?
3: Um from what I've been hearing, they're definitely trying to get into um, trying to be part of that trade in order to acquire future assets. Um, I really haven't heard Gorgie James' name around floating around. At least from the Kings, just more. It's just from people from the media, just kind of trying to come up with ideas, like trade ideas for the Kings to be part of the trade, but. I definitely see the Kings, if they were to be part of the trade, to definitely acquire a future asset like a draft pick because they definitely have the cash space to bring on a big contract. But I haven't heard from the Kings about particularly what they, what player they would bring on, but definitely a future asset like a draft pick, like you said. Realistically, okay. this, this season,
2: uh, um, uh, let's just – I realize it's early, but um, you know, mm-hmm. like like Nate said when you first came on, we, you know, we've talked to people around the league who cover every team, unless we're forgetting somebody. You're you're our only uh, Sacramento King tie, and I, I'm actually interested. Okay. In, I love young talent, and I like the changing of the guard or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. And LeBron is one year older, et cetera, et cetera. Um, what you have right now, and you know, possibly who knows next year with the Guys that Duke have coming out and what have you. Um, mm-hmm. How's your how's your overall feeling about the franchise? Do you think it's uh, on an upward swing? Do you think they could have did anything different besides the obvious uh, non-chick, Bagley thing we talked about? Uh, are you optimistic as a as a person who covers the Kings?
3: Yeah, I would say so. It's just tough because they're in the Western Conference and you know they're just. Even last season with, like, the Suns and the Grizzlies, who the Kings are better than record-wise, they got a lot better compared to the Mm -hmm. Kings, who I think their roster did get better and their talent got better. But I still see them staying in the same place this year. But hopefully the talent or the young talent is able to, to gel together and play better basketball going forward. But for this season in particular, I still see them in the basement of the Western Conference, but hopefully they take that jump in maybe like two or three seasons. Fair enough. Fair enough.
0: Well, the Kings have been uh, – it's been a while since the Kings have really been uh, a team that that has really fought in, to get into the playoffs. Uh, even with Boogie Cousins and all those times, they, they struggled – uh, for, season, right. for a long time, uh, hearkening back to the days of Pezostoyakovich and, and company and Vlade Devox and Mike Bibby and Chris Webber and those Kings teams that just gave the Lakers fits in the playoffs so many years ago. One of the best rivalries nobody really talks about, uh, those Kings right. and those Lakers. Uh, great playoff games. But um, as far as the Kings go, there's been rumors about them leaving Sacramento Seattle's been trying to get them and the, the new owners have said they don't want to leave. Uh, has there been any more rumblings about that? Uh, the Kings leaving Sacramento ending up elsewhere recently?
3: Uh, not at all. Um, I think once the back, Ron and D, they, um, took ownership of the team back in, I think, I think it was 2013. Um, I think they're committed to Sacramento at least for 35 more years. Um, since that time because um they did build the stadium in the Golden 1 Center here and I and I think so the Sacramento Kings are going to stay in Sacramento for at least for a
0: couple of decades. Okay. TR, you got any other anything else for for Rob before we let him go?
2: Nah, I just uh, I'm actually, you know, just being a fan of the NBA at as a, as a whole. Uh, you know, I'd like to see Sacramento take a step forward. You know, you broke it down pretty honestly, and I respect that, that you don't expect them to do much this upcoming season. But maybe it's just five more wins, ten more wins or something. Well, ten would be a significant upgrade. But five or six more wins, I'd be happy with them. And uh, it'll be nice to check out League Pass and uh, Sports Center and so forth just to see how the young guys are coming along. And, you know, I – Golden State can't be on top forever, so I'm I'm hoping that everybody gets better and there's a lot more parity out there, so you know, good luck to you and the Kings, and uh, hopefully you'll come back on with us uh, during the season, sir.
3: Thank you, yeah, appreciate you guys having me and talking about the Kings.
0: (laughs) Oh, not a problem, anytime. Uh, We hope to have you back on soon. Uh, Why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you at on Twitter and elsewhere?
3: All right. so I'm mainly on Twitter, um, mostly on the Royal Payne page, which is at Aurora Payne on Twitter. I also got a personal account, Rafi Wong, at Rafnation, R-A-F-E-N-A-T-I-O-N. That's basically where I am during while the season starts.
0: All right. Well, Rafi, thanks for jumping on with us, man. We'll have you back, um, hopefully sooner rather than later, and we'll talk about the Kings and hopefully good news because there's a lot of young talent on that team, and I have a feeling the Kings are just, uh, there may be one... Or two really good players away, and, and they can be a a really tough team out there in that Western Conference. Right. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> well, thanks, Robbie, for jumping on. We'll have you back soon.
3: Uh, awesome. Thanks for having me.
0: Not a problem. Thank you.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that was Robbie Wong from A Royal Pain, which is a Sacramento Kings fan-sided blogger. And T.R., man, oh, man, my talk with John Krasinski earlier and then James halls, and I talked about the league, and now here we are, you and I, and your 76ers open up the preseason tomorrow against a team from Australia. Your boy Ben Simmons gets to host a team from his home.
2: Yeah. Um, I don't know who – I don't know the personnel I'd have to uh... – Queue it up, and I'm not in a position to do so. Um, if there's any, you know, names that we might recognize coming here, but uh, that's also a well, Brett Brown on. gig too.
0: Well, hold on here. I'll see what I can do for you, sir. The joys of <laughs> the joys of the internet, things we would not know. So they are playing well, the, the you, Melbourne the United. The Iconics are going
2: to Australia, and the Australian team's coming here. Go figure.
0: Hey, what do you know? Love the Iconics. That's my girl Peyton Royce and Billy King. That's why why I brought it up. I know you're a big fan. Peyton Royce is my girl. (laughs) Don't ever forget it either. All right, Melbourne United. Let's see what this team offers this season. Uh, Because this is going to be an interesting game. This is going to be one that it will be available on League Pass. Uh, Maybe a couple names you might recognize. Likely starters are going to be Casper Ware, uh, Chris Golding, Casey Prather, Ty Wesley, and Josh Boone. On their bench, they have David Anderson, Meshak Meshak, Craig Muller, Kyle Adam, David Barlow, Peter Hooley, and Sam Short. I do recognize Casper Ware. I recognize that name.
2: I do as well. Um,
0: let's see what we can remember about Casper Ware here. Uh, let's see here. He was in because I believe he was in the NBA. I believe, if I'm not mistaken.
2: He was uh, uh, certainly a Division One player. Uh, well, he, he played for
0: the, the 76ers. He had a maybe 10-day
2: contract, is, 76ers. Maybe that's why I don't want to remember him. Uh, <laughs> if it was a 10-day contract, the likelihood was our general manager was the guy who wants to lose all the time. So.
0: Um, this was March twenty-fourth, 2014, where signed a 10-day contract with the 76ers. And in his second game for the Sixers, recorded his first points in the NBA in just over 22 minutes of action. He had seven points, two assists, two steals, and a rebound in a 120-98 to 98 loss to Houston. He signed a second 10-day contract with the 76ers on April 4th and for the rest of the season for April 15th. He was then in Summer League for the Sixers in 2014 and then traded to the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for Marcus Teague and a 2019 second-round pick, and the next day he was waived by the Nets. And that was the only games he played in the NBA.
2: You know, I would if I were him, I would bullshit so bad, and I would be just like, "Yeah, I was, I was in the
0: NBA.
2: I was in the NBA. Mate, I was in the Teague trade. I wouldn't mention that it was Marcus, um, Marcus Teague. He also Marcus Teague is is the Jeff Teague, what uh, Marcus Vick is the Michael kind of.
0: Yeah, he also played at Long Beach State. So it's probably there, yeah, bread and butter.
2: That's where I remember him. Yeah, that's where I remember him from
0: nah I mean that's probably the where we remember it from because Long Beach used to play in the NCAA tournaments and they'd make runs and stuff like that. So that's definitely something that is is just needs to be noted. Is they do have some players in Australia that have played in the NBA. So at least flip it over, you can watch Casper Ware.
2: Well, I'm sure you, uh, I'm sure you saw with our friend Keith Pompey's live update last night that they were supposed to play. The blue-white blue, scrimmage at the historic building called the Palestra, which is a home of some big five classics. Um, and the Sixers being the Sixers, the divas that they are, the floor was too moisturized, so they had decided to cancel the game. And I don't know what they did
3: <laughs>
2: for people that had tickets or whatever, but they were worried. The floor exactly. was
0: too moist, huh? Eh?
2: Yeah, the floor oh, was not no. playable by their standards, and you know, <laughs> with their with their luck, I don't blame them because you know Brett Brown would have broke his neck
0: somehow, and um, <laughs> you know, the floor was too moist. What uh, what Ben Simmons do? Bring his girlfriend in? <laughs> That's
2: a, Is that the famous uh, boy, famous girlfriend, or is he, is he moved on? I, I can't I keep up. I think he's with
0: moved that, on from uh, her. I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's entwined with the Jenner clan anymore. I think he and uh, Kendall have since went their separate ways. Or Kylie, I don't remember who. I can't keep up with this shit.
2: But. Uh, I don't know either. But uh, but you know I I like uh, that's that's a game that you can really, I mean really get into. It's like it's it's like getting into a, uh, a hard practice, you know what I mean? And uh, I'd love to see TJ out there eating up Ben Simmons and and Markel Fultz, you know, on the second team defensively. And, (laughs) you know, that,
0: that's probably why they canceled. Yeah. TJ McConnell's too good. We have to cancel this game. Uh, but also we've seen the Boston Celtics, uh, have a preseason game tomorrow night as they, We'll be taking on, as soon as it updates here, I forgot who they're playing, the Charlotte Hornets tomorrow night. So preseason kicks off. If you've got league pass like I do, you can watch the 76ers game. The Charlotte-Boston game will be on NBA TV. So that's where you can keep up with those. But it's so good. We're getting basketball back. Football's in full swing. Uh, It's a great time of year. Hockey's about to start back up soon. So, if you're listening, Dom Brova, get your shit ready. The hockey show's gonna make a comeback here soon. As uh that hockey show, man, people love that show on the Wide Men Radio Network.
2: Yeah, Wide Men Can't Score. Um well, he usually was doing it on Thursdays, if I'm if I remember correctly. Is that uh as Monday. The case?
0: used to do it on Mondays actually.
2: so so much for my memory. Uh you know, tip <laughs>
0: Thursday, Monday Tim, I get Tim, it mixed up too. It's okay.
2: Tim knows I, I support his his passion, and and all of our multiple country listeners, I think may have got turned on due to the network itself from that damn hockey show. So hey, more power point. to him,
0: more power Definitely. plays to him. Hey, there it is, more power Should plays. Should have it ready. <laughs> I I would scroll down, but I'm looking for something right now. No problem. <laughs> I actually wanted to bring this up Uh rumor brewing right now, TR and I'm sorry for it. This is a wolves heavy episode, but right now the wolves are in all the NBA news. Uh, the heat, the nets and the Clippers look to be the main contenders to land Jimmy Butler. So the heat have joined the race. Now another team may join the race, but for the right now, those are the main teams for Butler. The Kings, like I said earlier, are willing to get into the deal and take back a player with a big salary. The Suns are also interested in getting involved in the deal if they can get back a point guard. Things to note: the Clippers cannot trade a first-round pick until 2022. The Nets have two first-round picks in 2019. So there's a little update on the Butler situation as of right now. We're looking at uh, Jimmy Butler, who, and this has become a mess up in Minnesota. Um, hopefully at least to the end of the Tom Thibodeau reign in Minnesota, we can get back, uh, a, a GM and a coach. If you listen to my talk with John Krasinski, um, it's time to do away with a coach being the general manager as well. So that's something that, it, that needs to go away as far as I'm concerned. Um, what say you to that T.R.? do you think Thibodeau needs to stick around or are you, uh, are you like me and think it's time for him to go?
2: Uh, he seems to be a little bit uh, behind the times, and um, I, I agreed. I, uh, you know, I was trying to get where I'm at as far as fast as I can, and I was in and out of uh, both your interviews. Um, but the one I believe it was the second, and or no, it was it was the end of the Krasinski interview, I believe. You brought up that GM um, coach dual role thing, and it's just it happened in football as well. It's just not a good thing, you know. Keep keep the two separate, and um, I, I'd certainly give him this year because I'm sure he didn't expect his uh, his pride and joy to come and say he was leaving and everything like that. But <clears throat> I would give him this year, see what how it all plays out. But certainly, I would I would you know. And the owner seems to be very, uh, what's the word, um, aggressive, but that wasn't the word I was searching for, where he's like, all right, you don't want to play for us? Get out of here, dude. Um, that's the impression I get from the little blurbs that I've read about. Um, well, so- Taylor,
0: was, Taylor was one of the guys who was involved in getting rid of Kevin Love and getting Wiggins. Uh, Taylor's a very active owner. If you don't want to be there, Glenn Taylor's the kind of guy who's not going to let you um, – sit there, and Tom Thibodeau was very content with Jimmy Butler staying with the Wolves and not doing anything. Just he's going to stay there, and that's it. He wasn't going to try to get anything for him. He was just going to let him walk at the end of the year, apparently. Yeah. I don't understand that logic. I don't get where that's a good idea. I know he's your guy, and he's there with you know all your boys now. Lou Deng's rolled in, and so we're all one big happy Timber Bull family. But it's time. Butler Butler wants out. Let's grant his request. Let's get rid of him. Let's let Townsend Wiggins have this team. Let's get rid of Tibbs. Uh, Fire him from both coaching and general managing. Let's make this – let's get a young coach in there like a Brad Stevens or just some some kind of coach that's going to let these guys play. And as I said earlier, it's become an AAU – types game now we got to get young coaches and we got to get young players and they got to have fun because the Wolves players are miserable <laughs> they look miserable they don't look like they're having fun they look like they're there to work and that's not good because basketball is one of the most fun games in the world and while it is a job they shouldn't be as miserable as they are does that make any sense yeah
2: I mean on on it's it's strange it's like a catch 22 because from outside from you know being a Sixers guy and not so passionate about the Wolves just looking at it my first reaction out there is another dickhead but then i think about the history of how he worked so hard to become a top talent and uh so he does have bring that mentality wherever he goes i don't think he's going to find that kind of environment quite frankly no matter where he goes so um You know, in a way, you can't hate on the guy for – if that's the legitimate reason, because that's, you know, what has been said, that the players in Minnesota just don't play like him, work as hard as him, et cetera, et cetera. But where is he going to go where it's different? I I don't know. I don't want to be that
0: guy, but kind of got to look in the mirror, man. If you're unhappy with young players, you were unhappy with young players in Chicago. Now you're unhappy with young players in Minnesota – you seem to be the only common denominator here. Maybe that's just what I'm looking at.
2: I mean, that's I mean, I can't dispute that. I, I I don't know if I'm playing devil's advocate or trying to you know, not hate him like I hate Kawhi Leonard and all these other goofballs that just read their own press clippings or what have you, but uh if if it's sincerely an issue because he you know, of course there's money involved humongous money but if it's a legitimate issue that he works his ass off and expects everybody else to uh i get the point but but the bigger question is no matter what team you go to it's a different type of cat that's coming in there's no kobe bryant's out there that i see that are gonna like you know win at all costs wherever you get traded i mean even the warriors take nights off you know like you know that series in Houston that they could have won in four games, and you swear if Chris Paul would have played, they would have lost. But anyway, um they would have. Yeah. Whatever. You'll see how good. Uh, I, I'm, I'm 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 remiss. <laughs> is, is that the word? I'm, I'm remiss that I came on later because uh, I missed uh, my boy Snotty Dripping. Right. Um
0: Yeah. Yeah. James Hollis from B-Ball Insider. He was on here with us. Um, yeah, yeah
2: he, the last he's time a great we guy, so. we BS last time, and I think it was the Sixers Heat time when we first talked, but um, this playoff last year. Um, I think that was when we had him. Yeah. Last. But uh, what do you call it? Uh, I I caught you guys talking a little bit about the Rockets, and I think you were talking about the Thunder before I got on the air, and you know. Uh, I just, the Rockets can't be bad with who they have. But last year was an aberration, aberration, however the hell you say that word. Um, I'm not high on the Rockets at all. They're not going to be bad, but they're not a championship team. Never will be. Carmelo Anthony. Are you with me?
0: That's my, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I'm just saying three seed. That's what, that's my projection. For the uh, the Rockets right now,
2: three or f- three or four, in my opinion, uh, if that, no shot. I want to I want to keep this soundbite. No shot of winning a championship there at all. Uh, D'Antoni and Anthony, he's cool with being whatever it takes right now. until about two weeks into the season, they've had a history of button heads. That's just the farthest that garbage team can go was last year when they're hitting every bullshit three they put up f the rockets quote the tr never well, more.
0: He, here's here <laughs> Quote the TR got never a more. i like i like that scott levy ladies and gentlemen no i'm kidding but um one thing i'll i'll say about the rockets is what they're going to lack is that defensive intensity they had last year. James Harden's a defensive liability. We all know it. It's been well documented. But almost everyone else on that team last year was a decent defender at best, uh, or at least, like Trevor Reese, a great defender. Uh, Chris Paul, good defender. P.J. Tucker, great defender. Mbamute, great defender. Clint Capella, good, good defender. They finally get rid of Ryan Anderson. They don't really get much back from him. They get like, you know, Tyler Tyler Eulis, I believe, or, or and I think Eulis ended up maybe actually on the Lakers now. Or on the Warriors, one of the two. I can't remember exactly. Um actually I think he ended up on the uh, on the Laker on the Warriors, excuse me. But they end up now, they bring in Mello, and Mello's a good offensive player, but the Houston Rockets are down p- over half court before the clock reaches, you know, 21. Carmelo Anthony ain't that guy. He ain't that kind of player. Carmelo Anthony is spread, f- put four on one side, give me the ball, I'll score. And I'll post up, I'll slow the game down. That's not Houston ball. It's not how it works. He'll score a three if he's open. He'll shoot them. He don't care to shoot them. There's not enough basketball around. But the biggest liability you're going to get with Melo is, The Houston Rockets switch every single play on every single person. If you're guarding the Rockets and there's a pick and roll, you're going to get a switch, and they guard. Like, you'll end up with Chris Paul guarding a center. They don't care. They switch every play. And that's because they had the personnel last season to where they could. Now, Carmelo Anthony and James Harden, both defensive liabilities, they're going to give up way more points this year than they did last year. They're going to have to just outscore teams. Now, can they? Possibly. But with Melo and Harden both giving up a lot of points on defense, the Rockets are going to win some regular season games. But I think the playoffs, when the defensive intensity really steps up, they're going to struggle. And that's just how I'm looking at it. And I got them hitting the three seed because I think the additions that the Thunder made have made the Thunder a better team uh, to chase Golden State. I don't think anybody's going to beat Golden State. But I think that those additions, especially with Schroeder and Noel, and the re-signing of Grant and George, and keeping Westbrook, even with his you know minor injury, I think that Thunder team is going to be a force next season, and they'll grab that two seed.
2: I'm with you. I'm with you on the um, on the Thunder. Uh, they're they're an admirable franchise, even though if you dig deeper. Uh, Paul George kind of stayed because he met a stripper that he fell in love with in Oklahoma City. But um, if, if you scratch that part out, let's just say he was completely sincere <laughs> in, in wanting in wanting to stay for uh, the sake of the team and not taking the glitz and glamour of his hometown in L.A. Which there are a lot of hot looking strippers, I'm sure, out there too. Which, uh, but I guess he fell in love, so well, they kept that team PR. together.
0: <laughs> T.R., who among us hasn't fell in love with a stripper once in our life, you know? Yeah, when we were
2: like 18 maybe, but, um, I don't know. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, but, you know, regardless of the reasons, they, they kept a good team together, which will have more chemistry next year. And they got rid of the, the team killer and sent them to Houston. So, um. Uh, <laughs> You know, that's, it's that's called addition a, a good by thing.
0: subtraction. Always. It's called exactly. addition by subtraction. But, uh, you know, one and, and one thing that they did is, you know, they used a lot of trades to to bring in the talent that they have and to get rid of some of the talent that they had, because they ended up trading Mello uh, and then the Hawks end up buying him out. Uh, one thing we did want to talk about tonight was lopsided trades in NBA history, you cool to talk about that?
2: Well, I I didn't have the the you know quality time to research like I always do because I'm always so well prepared to go on the air. Um, <laughs>
0: it's,
2: but it, it's not a
0: problem. Uh, I'm sure. Bunch in front of me and we can talk about them.
2: Yeah, I, I was sure if if you brought them up, I would recall them.
0: You know, pretty vividly. Oh, you will. Will. Uh, one of the most lopsided trades in NBA history, and it's usually voted as number one, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks and the Los Angeles Lakers, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar traded to the Lakers for, ready for these names, Junior Bridgman, Dave Myers, and Elmore Smith.
2: You know, I hate to admit that I'm old enough to remember all of them, um, especially
0: Junior <laughs> Bridgman. Yeah, uh, Kareem. Well,
2: I think they're no because... Darky
0: Johnson, but you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got to get that guy <clears> on <throat> <in> the show.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, well, he might hang up on us after we realize after he realizes that, you know, why we have him. But, but it'd be the greatest clip in you history. Just, you just don't <laughs> want to be Darky Johnson's cell, cellmate. But <laughs> anyhow.
0: Well, uh. He, Here's another I think trait, I'm gonna search
2: I think I'm gonna search Pornhub tonight and see if there's a Darkie Johnson available.
0: Oh my god. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Probably have Here's nine million god. results.
0: Nine million Good Lord.
3: <laughs> Darkey
2: Johnson Chris Porn. Darkie oh Johnson god. grandma oh. porn.
3: <laughs> Ugh, damn. That's
0: disgusting. Uh so You bastard. Bill Russell was traded. Oh, God. Uh, oh, Let me get that. The St. Louis Hawks drafted Bill Russell in 1956, and later that day they decided to trade Bill Russell to the Celtics for Cliff Hagen and Ed McCulley. So there's that trade for you. Bill Russell, the man who won 11 championships. 11- 1956 huh well here's one yeah i rem-
2: remember, i was gonna say i was gonna say i remember the hagan year of always beating will chamberlain but I, I guess i got those guys mixed up you <laughs>
4: think you did um
0: 1976 the portland trailblazers and the buffalo braves the braves snagged 21 year old moses malone number five in the draft and they elected to the hold on to power forward Maurice Lucas, whom they believed would be better. Two months after picking him, the Blazers sent Malone to the Buffalo Braves for a first round draft pick, which turned out to be Rick Roby and some cash. And then the Braves moved him to the Rockets, where he was a dominant force for five seasons, averaging 21 po- 26 points a game and 15 rebounds. Goodness.
2: Moses <laughs> well, was a beast. He, uh, he and Daryl Dawkins—not that Daryl was his talent level, but you know, yeah. centers from my childhood in in Philadelphia area.
3: Uh, oh yeah, passed
2: way way too young uh, a little while ago. Pretty close to each other, but yeah, he he was only six ten, and they might have been stretching it uh, just for like wrestling promoters do for fake billing heights reasons, um, but he was so physical and thick and strong and he's the reason we won that championship um so yeah i agree big time lopsided trade there
0: well here's another one this one's more um a little later in life 1996 i say 1996 you probably already know maybe not
2: uh, my <laughs> daughter was born in 96 i didn't trade her so uh-huh. Let me uh, hear. I was
0: six years old, so that makes you feel any better. Ah, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> Freaking baby. <laughs> Kobe Bryant, the Hornets drafted 18 year old ah. Bryant, and they trade him to the Los Angeles Lakers for Vladi Divac, who left two years later. Vlad of country. So there you go. <laughs> Love of country. Yes. So Divac, somehow Yakov
2: Smirnoff became Devotch in that.
0: He really a, did, didn't change. He? <laughs>
2: yeah, um, Kobe Bryant, five-time champion, and I probably said this because I always use uh, name drops on the air. But in case I did mm-hmm. not, Kobe Bryant at Lower Marion played. Yeah. In the Central League, which is the same league that T.R. Shock played. Some oh. ten years prior.
0: Did you did you average so. more points than Kobe?
2: Yeah, I I, I just uh <laughs> I they didn't keep they didn't keep count back then. They didn't oh, keep shit. accurate statistics. You know, it was all <laughs> digitalized But the yeah, by the time I, Kobe came around. You know. Yeah, I guess that. I get but, that. Yeah. Uh
1: nineteen
0: eighty seven, the Seattle Supersonics draft at number five, Scotty Pippen in the draft. And then they later sent Pippen to the Chicago Bulls for Olden uh, that Polonese, you young bastard. hes whatever. I wasn't even born when this happened. Give me a break. So Olden Polonese played for Seattle for five years. He averaged five points and 4.5 rebounds. And they traded uh, Scottie Pippen for him. So there you go. There's your lopsided trade if I've ever heard one.
2: Yeah, but nobody knew. I mean, I'm not defending. Of course, uh, it was a lopsided trade, but really, I don't think anybody knew what Scottie Pippen would become. Um, True, the, probably the original
0: point too.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you could say that, but uh, they were they were still a playoff team that little White Sox uh, season, or was it two seasons? I don't remember. But um,
0: yeah. Scotty was
2: the original. Scotty was the original point forward. Um, yeah, he really I can was. Recall. And yeah, uh, yeah, he, know, he was great. Great defensively and uh, a little bitter. If you if you hear him talk today, I think he, he once in a while he gets on the younger guys. But don't we all? Oh, uh, that's well, He does. Yeah, really. Still.
0: He don't take kindly to anybody talking bad about Michael Jordan. I've noticed that. If anybody says they're better than Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippins like, "You are insane." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think not he would know playing guy. that closely. Yeah, yeah, he would. 2012, the Oklahoma City Thunder trade James Harden to the Rockets for Kevin Martin, Jeremy Lamb, and three draft picks. Talk about lopsided. You
2: know, wait a minute. say that trade again.
0: James Harden traded to the Rockets okay, okay, for Kevin okay. for Kevin Martin, Jeremy Lamb, and three draft picks. Whew.
2: Yeah. Um they had the you know, ultimate big three. Uh I guess I guess when you're in that position you you really can't keep them. You know what I mean? Um but, you know, it's all three have now won the MVP, correct? Yeah. Um yeah, so that's, all that's three plain... have won the
0: MVP but only one have won a title.
2: Yeah, uh I think I think Westbrook will find one before he's done, before all is said and done. He's too tough of a player not to. Um you know, hopefully it's the old fashioned way and he stays where he's at or whatever, but one way or the other, probably, you know, he's probably got 10 years left on the tank. Um,
0: yeah, it, we say, we hope, but it's probably not likely. It's one of those things where in order to win one, you almost have to go join some kind of bullshit, put together super team. Well, maybe they'll but, come to him. I mean, if,
2: if George gets, a, you know, George maybe. gets uh, another stripper for Zion Williamson or something in five years, <laughs> who knows? <laughs>
0: What a recruiting trip that would be. But (laughs) another lopsided trade. This one we're actually just now hearing the last little bit about. 2013, the Boston Celtics, who'd have thunk, (laughs) they ship on draft day Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, Jason Terry, and DJ White to the Brooklyn Nets. And listen to this. For Keith Bogans, Marshawn Brooks, Chris Humphreys, Chris Jordan, Gerald Wallace, a 2014 first round pick, which was James Young, a 2016 first round pick, Jalen Brown, a swap of the 2017 first round pick, which ended up being Jason Tatum, and a 2018 first round pick, which ended up being one of, um, I think that they ended up shipping as well. They ended up in a trade for, for something of that nature. And that is what has the Celtics back to where they are after they shipped out the aging veterans to the Nets who were trying to make a run, and the best they could get out of it was a four seed. And they got all that back. What a deal. Yeah,
2: that's historical, and, and you know a lot about those players, at least in the form of Kevin Garnett. But, I mean, you may be looking at this upcoming season's NBA champion, Um as a direct result from that one.
0: So, yeah, that's true. Um, here's so here's that, a trade that's, that's going to hit you. Yeah, here's another trade that's going to hit you. Charles Barkley uh, was with the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Philly got Jeff Hornacek, Tim Perry, and Andrew Kang, and they shipped Barkley to the Suns and barkley took that team to the nba finals and Hornacek uh had made made an all-star team but they tried to move him to the point guard and that just didn't work so there you no, go no he uh
2: um horny as they call him or as i call other people um he he, he, he didn't uh he didn't work out too well here as a sixer and barkley was really, he still has a house in the area. He loves it here. And we love him. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of a a suckling. I'm I'm sure uh, there's got to be somewhere in there. I don't remember all the variables, but we ended up with Jeff Ruland, who I think our owner was Harold Katz at the time, gave away the farm to four. It was around sometime in that era, and he just, you know, he's like a two-time all-star or something, big bruiser, white boy who ended up just being a flop here in Philly. I forget what they gave away for him, too. Sixers have always been kind of brain-dead, actually, now that I think about it, <laughs>
0: When it comes to trades, it seems that way. Here's you, one. Yeah. 1998, the Milwaukee Bucks draft Dirk Nowinski, but they trade him and Pat Garrity during that draft for Robert Tractor Trailer and that was uh in 98 trailer of course died in 2011 uh after his NBA career averaging 4.8 points and 3.7 boards Garrity had a 10 year career as a role player but Dirk is now considered the great one of the greatest foreign players and a top probably 15 player of all time so if you think you got it bad, how about the Bucks? The Bucks have traded both Dirk Nowitzki and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in their uh, span as a team. Which Jabbar wanted out; he requested the trade, but still.
2: Yeah, um, that's that's pretty that's pretty bad history there for Milwaukee, and yeah. uh, if they continue on that trend. Uh, We'll take Giannis here. I'll I'll give him Embiid and Simmons for that dude. No ego ego and and twice the town as those two buffoons. But anyway. And no, I'm not serious. uh, I wouldn't trade them both for him
0: before I get flack. Well, here's a a trade that Milwaukee actually won. Uh, The Cincinnati Royals trade Oscar Robertson to the Milwaukee Bucks since he got back, Charlie Polk and Flynn Robinson. And Oscar Robinson goes on to play with Lou Alcinder and they get the NBA championship in
2: nineteen seventy one. Yeah, that was uh, that was a nice one to punch on huh? the big O and Kareem. Um oh yeah. Kareem would be would be more respected if he wasn't such a dick back in the day, and now he's trying to be nice when he's he 70. He seems like a
0: nice guy now.
2: Now he is, yeah. But then he was just – I mean, with Magic Johnson, when they uh, the first game that they won together, Magic Johnson dove on him. This was before he had AIDS, and everybody knew that too. But um, he just, like, looked away and was like, get off me, Rook. Like, it was like a last-second, you know – Victory and magic be a magic with smile from ear to ear, and Kareem is just a douche back in the day, and uh, you know. But anyway, the, the talk was about the of trade, and yes, I agree. When you get an Oscar Robertson from Cincinnati, who uh, yeah. also is not well liked, to be honest with you, for for, for
0: no, he he's not. NBA. He really is
2: because he's. He's one of those crabby old bastards that just says what's on his mind, too, and it doesn't go with the NBA company flow, you know what I mean? But uh, Yeah. But, yeah, uh, both of those uh, must have been horrible covering them for a press guy. The best you know, team no in the idea. league with two jerk-offs. <laughs> Who do you talk to? Like, <laughs> you, you look around, hey, is Kent Benson on this team? Like, <laughs> <laughs> These two jerk-offs won't talk to us. That's what's going to happen with Simmons Simmons and Embiid. You think so? Simmons and Embiid will be there, probably. Uh, Embiid will probably just talk to the wall they'll tape them him going, I told you I had 17 plus tonight. I'm defensive player of the year. (laughs)
0: Um, Well, here's another lopsided trade for you. And I'm sorry, it involves your team.
2: I have lopsided, lopsided. I ever tell
0: you that? <laughs> Never mind. Well, now I know, apparently. Okay. Just call me lefty. The, call you lefty. <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers trade Wilt the Stilt Chamberlain to the Los Angeles Lakers. And in return, they get Jerry Chambers, Archie Clark, and Darrell Heimhoff. So that's what you can do to your lopsided nuts. Get I'm off. Hey oh. Yeah,
2: that's what I was gonna say. Um, yeah, I got rid of Will for I'm off. Um that's like yeah. You already made the easy joke there, so I'll I'll just leave that be a lopsided <laughs> straight.
0: Um <laughs> where the punchline was we should, call it, we
2: should we we should call this uh segment the Charlotte Flair segment think about that one for a minute but anyway <laughs> oh, god
0: that's terrible in so many ways
2: <laughs> See, i was I was talking to a, a person very close to me today about uh botched surgeries where one boob looks different than the other
0: yeah well i don't know
2: how right is this, is this still an nba podcast
0: <laughs> apparently i
2: getting all this shit out before <laughs> the season starts
0: Well, I have a lot more to talk about when the season starts, but uh, here's one. Isaiah Thomas traded to the Celtics. Uh, Boston, uh, at the trade deadline, the Suns had, and I'm just going to read what this says. The Suns had an embarrassment of riches in the backcourt. For some reason, they decided to get rid of both Yoran Drajic and Isaiah Thomas at the deadline. The Celtics got Isaiah Thomas, Gigi Datome, and Jonas. Uh, Jonas Jerkabo. Yep, I'll spit that out. Go ahead. The Pistons. Yep, the Pistons. Wait a minute. Got, you Taysha- just said
2: Jerkabo. Wait a minute. You just said you spit out when some got something about Jerkabo sh- and
0: spitting out. I'll, I'll, I, the hell with you. <laughs> the Pistons get Tayshaun Prince, and the Suns got Marcus Thornton and a pick that the Suns flipped to the King. The Kings who picked. I yeah, I'm not even trying that fucking name. That's a nightmare. LaBercia. Yeah, we'll go with that. Thornton only played nine games for Phoenix, and Isaiah. Uh, well, he basically is a, emerged as an MVP candidate for Boston. So Boston does it again, folks. Yeah, you
2: don't. You do If Boston, if Boston calls for like a trade, you just. I don't know if you get this in West Virginia, but it's the equivalent if you have any wits to you not to answer. It should just say scam likely, which uh,
0: <laughs>
2: my cell phone yeah, we, says often when it's.
0: Well, if you're a Milwaukee fan. Those that pick fan, up here,
2: deserve what they get. Go
0: ahead. Yeah. Here's, if you're a Milwaukee fan, here's another blast from your past. Uh, the 2003 trade deadline, the Bucks sent a young Ray Allen, along with Ronald Murray, Kevin Ollie and a 2003 first-round pick, which turned out to be Luke Ridnour, to the Sonics for Desmond Mason and Gary Payton. Payton had played 13 seasons in Seattle but was heading downhill on an expiring contract. And then I believe right after that, Payton jumped to the Lakers. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah, you can have Ray Allen, no big deal. <sighs> Milwaukee, Milwaukee, good Lord.
2: Yeah, they're coming up as uh the biggest losers I think tonight with all your research, so
0: Yeah, between them and they, Philly, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I know. Um I think they're honestly though, I think their trades are worse. I'll I will say that. 'Cause they not only did they trade Kareem, they trade Ray Allen. Uh they've had some bad ones, man. There's been some bad trades here. Now, here's another one. Not actually these doesn't involve either team. Uh, draft night, you have the Bulls take LaMarcus Aldridge at number two, and they trade into Portland for Tyrus Thomas and Victor Carumpa. Yep, that's a name. Uh, so there's that. And Chicago, Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Aldridge was what they needed after they had drafted Ed and uh, losing Eddie Curry. So there's that. Goodness. Trading yeah, Aldridge that, that for Tyrus Thomas. Out. That turned yeah, out to be yeah, Great move. Now, here's the Washington Wizards uh, showing up on on the list. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I don't mean to interrupt.
2: I didn't comment on a tractor trailer and Nowitzki, really. Um, okay, go ahead. Uh, what year did you say that? Uh, it had to be 20 years ago, so you were eight? Ninety-eight.
0: Twenty-one yeah, years, yeah, you eight. almost? Jeez, yeah, I was eight. Christ.
2: Anyway, I, I, I was a big... Uh, I would have been one of those dudes, the geeky dudes, like going great move, picking up tractor trailer because he had all so much hype coming out of college and this, that, and the other, but other than like Dirk, who f him. And uh, (laughs) so I can't really bust on whoever pulled the trigger there because I'm sure I was watching the draft at like age 50 or whatever, however old I would have been then. Um, rooting it on, so yeah. Tractor Trailer remember had Washington. a lot of fanfare.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I've heard the name quite a bit. I never really got to watch a lot of him play, but I, I do remember the name. The Washington Wizards in nineteen ninety eight. Um they trade Chris Weber to the Sacramento Kings for Mitch Richmond and Otis Thorpe. And Weber ends oh. up having his number retired and they make a big, big run in Sacramento to get to the NBA playoffs. So they at one time that wizards team had Jawan Howard, Chris Weber, and Ben Wallace, and they all end up gone. Yeah. And they were all, yeah, they were all on the same team. Their franchise isn't too
2: wise as well. Um, but, you know, C Webb, he, uh, he's okay now. And I think, uh, I think he got invited back to Michigan this season, if I'm not mistaken. But, um, you know, from the timeout in the national championship to some other baggage, uh, it took him quite a while to rebuild his his status. But undoubtedly, when he was, because he was a sixer as well for a short period, but undoubtedly in those Kings years, he was a monster.
0: Yeah. Well, here's one that'll hurt. This this one right here will teach all NBA franchises a lesson. The Los Angeles Clippers were looking to get younger and rebuild without Baron Davis. They then traded an unprotected first-round pick in a deal to receive Mo Williams and Jamario Moon in the deal with the Cavs. The Cavs had just lost LeBron and felt they weren't going to be winning soon anyway. Ladies and gentlemen, always protect your picks. The Clippers did not protect that pick. And that pick ended up being the number one pick in the draft. And Cleveland grabbed Kyrie Irving with that pick. Protect your draft picks, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Yeah, uh, no argument there. Um, Just, as you said, protect them. Don't draft people and trade them six times on draft night. But,
0: um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, you know you, yeah. enjoyed the trade night. you know you enjoyed the draft night trade festivities that I had to try to keep up with in order to make a correct list to find out what in the fuck happened,
2: yeah, I mean, it was only the sixers that held us up, you had to, you had to alter that list every other five minutes, but, um, it felt
0: like it.
2: but yeah, I mean, besides the moist floor at the palestra and, and, and stuff that I could be negative about. Uh, I'm going to be optimistic until I see the first week of the season. I'm going to be optimistic for the Sixers. I'm going to change my ways.
0: Okay. Well, the Toronto Raptors and the New Jersey Nets made a interesting deal. The Toronto Raptors trade Vince Carter to the New Jersey Nets. For Alonzo Mourning, Aaron Williams, Eric Williams, and two draft picks, which turned into Joey Graham and Ronaldo Balkman. Toronto waved Mourning, and Carter ended up to be even better as he went to New Jersey, and he helped Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson to some very nice playoff runs.
2: Sure. Vince he's still playing. Great athlete. Best dunker, probably. Arguably the best in-game dunker ever.
0: Um, Hell, best dunk contest dunker ever, no question.
2: Yeah, I got you. Um, so, yeah, Vinsanity is uh, certainly on the winning side of that deal. Um, and I forget who you said. Uh, there was something something in that trade that triggered something, but I guess I lost it. But it's it's – it's about the time anyway, right?
0: Yeah, let me just run through. I got uh three more here I wanted to run through really fast. Uh we you know, we don't have to talk a lot about them. Uh James Worthy uh was traded uh to from Cleveland to the Lakers. Uh what happened was Cleveland got Dan Ford and a first round 1980 pick while LA got Butch Lee and the tw- 1982 first rounder. When the time came for the Lakers to make their pick in 82, they ended up getting James Worthy. So it, not really fact, but this was a swap draft picks for a couple of role players that ended up landing Cleveland to get nobody, and the Lakers get James Worthy. So pretty good move by the Lakers. They're better drafting than more of a lopsided trade, as far as I'm concerned.
2: Yeah, Worthy's an unsung hero as a part of that Showtime crew. Oh, he Uh, definitely was. But definitely, I mean, no pun, definitely worth it.
0: Oh, definitely. Um, 2002, Boston Celtics were actually a, a big contender. They had a very interesting big three. They had Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce, and they looked to be a real threat to go to the finals. However, they made a trade to get Rodney Rogers and guard Tony Delk. They had to trade in that Joe Johnson and Milt Palco and Randy Brown. And then that was all she wrote for the Celtics after they got rid of Joe Johnson. That ended up just being a backbreaker for years for the Celtics.
2: Yeah. Um, Joe Johnson is, uh, what was his last squad? Uh,
0: Utah? He's still in Utah, if I'm not mistaken. No, yeah. no, he's in, he, yeah. he was in Houston. He was in Houston. Okay. I don't know if he's yeah, still there. Yeah. Or no. I, 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 went
2: from one to the other, I think. But Yeah. But yeah, I mean uh, that 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 can go to tell you what these trades can do even long term, not just the short term deal, but
0: um Yeah. Uh last one here though. Uh the Bulls sent Ron Artest. Brad Miller, Ron Mercer, and Kevin Ollie to Indiana for Jalen Rose, Travis Best, Norm Richardson, and a draft pick that turned out to be Lonnie Baxter. So then Artest would end up teaming up with Jermaine O'Neal and Reggie Miller and help the Pacers to the NBA's best record in 4 Unfortunately, they ended up losing to the Pistons in the playoffs, but Artest was a big part of that team, and this was all pre-Malice for the Malice at the Palace. So, that was a pretty lopsided trade. Other than Jalen Rose, really nobody to mention there. Right. Right. Yeah. Our, I mean,
2: our test, I consciously I wasn't even aware that he was playing when Reggie Miller was playing and they were playing together. But now that you brought it up, I remember that team quite well.
0: Oh, yeah. and I, They were the team that I thought would be in the finals. I didn't think the Pistons would be there. I was more so in yeah. 2004 focused on that other side, though, the Western Conference, as my Wolves were in the Western Conference finals. But, you know, things happen. Stupid Lakers, assholes. Right. But anyway, T R that's about all the time we have. We went a little overtime there, so definitely wanted to uh, make sure that we got some of those interesting trades in there, and those are some of the lopsided trades in history. So... Um, If you know of any, tweet us. We'd love to hear some uh, some of the lopsided trades that maybe we missed. You know, has your team been a victim of a lot of lopsided trades? Mine sure has. (laughs) So it's one of those things that happens.
2: Yeah, I mean, and I'm sure it will continue to happen with uh, this wacky world we call the National Basketball Association.
0: Oh, it will indeed. But, uh TR, we want to appreciate everybody and appreciate uh, Rafi Wong from A Royal Pain. He's actually already tweeted that he was on the show and said he had a great time. Can't wait to come back. Uh, And we want to thank our guy James Hollis from B-Ball Insiders for coming in and John Krasinski from The Athletic for talking Wolves with me and keeping everybody up to date on what's going on in the Wolves land, especially with all the drama going around up north. Uh, it's been an, it's been interesting, but we're glad that uh, we got so many great experts who are willing to come on and talk with us about these things. And um, we really hope you guys enjoyed all these conversations this week. And TR and I will be back for another episode next week as we hit episode 48. We, man, we are a month away from one year. Can you believe that? One year already.
2: Yeah, I... Uh... I'm getting stage fright. I might leave you at the altar on show (laughs) fifty-one.
0: You do that. (laughs) I'll come find you in Philly, you bastard. (laughs) Uh, I
2: might be at a different residence
0: by then. Who knows? You never know. Uh, I'll come find you. Where the hell? Wherever the hell you're at, I'll find you. But but anyway, we would do want to give a big shout out to our sponsors, WowFreeCam.com, and the law offices of Stephen P New at newlawoffice.com. Make sure you check them out. And uh, actually, real quick, Steve New just posted the other day, in case anybody follows Steve on uh, Facebook, uh, he posted this online. Apparently, there was a huge case that he was working on. Um, Alderson Broaddus College in West Virginia. Apparently, there were spy cams and things set up. So this This is what Steve posted right here. Congratulations to our clients. In our case, against Allison Broaddus University, before the trial, they were offered $25,000. And even today, they were offered that. The jury awarded them $200,000 per client and a total jury verdict of $800,000. So Steve New, getting it done, just made eight hundred grand for his clients in a case against Allison Broadish University. So congratulations, Stephen P. New and company at New Law Office. On a big case win. That's why he's our guy, man. If people come at us, we got Steve new, man. Try us. You ain't going to get shit.
2: Yeah, make sure Steve renews and tell him I love him. If you're you're listening, Steve, I love you. I mean, wait. (laughs) I mean, I'm a big fan of your work.
0: That's what I mean. (laughs) Steve did a great job. And if you need, again, if you need anything, hit up newlawoffice.com. They are the best attorneys around they will work national or local cases it doesn't matter hit them up newlawoffice.com uh but thanks again to all of our sponsors thanks everybody for listening you can download the show on itunes podcast at extension google play fm flash iHeartRadio, radio or anywhere you listen to podcasts we will be back with another show next week hopefully have some more great guests and tr and i will be talking more maybe a little preseason uh basketball since it'll be underway we'll talk about what we've seen and been able to see so far. The preseason's kind of hard to find, but it would be interesting. We'll talk a little bit next week about what's going on in the league, and we hope you guys will be back with us as we approach the one-year anniversary of Wide Men Can't Jump coming up soon. Yes,
2: sir. Um, and that's all from Philly for now. I, I will. Yes, sir. I guess you probably have a better chance of seeing a game tomorrow night, but uh, if it's on my – selection board. I'll check it out as well. So we'll have a lot of stuff. Let's hope Let's hope there's no injuries by the time we talk. Next
0: yeah. Week. yeah, definitely don't want any injuries. And if there's anything with the Jimmy Butler's uh, trade, there's a possibility he could be traded soon. Uh, we'll keep you updated on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at YJump. Our Twitter followers keep going up and our downloads and listens keep going up and getting new states and countries every day. Thank you guys so much for downloading the show. And again, share us, let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review on iTunes and uh, stay in contact with us. We're all over the place at wide jump on Twitter. Wide men can't jump on Instagram and our Facebook group is growing and make sure you listen to the other shows on the network here. We've got uh, some great football betting shows, TR and Tim mostly. I jumped on, did one, didn't do so great. Not great. Not a great sports better, but TR you're doing quite well. If you add everything up, you're doing pretty good.
2: Well, let's just uh, let's just stay with college for now. The NFL will come around soon,
0: but yeah, it'll come around. College, but uh,
2: college. let's talk about college. College is great.
0: Yeah, you're doing great in the college when it comes to it. But listen to those shows and much more. Tim and I uh, have a couple things to do, and we hope we can get back for another musical Jeopardy episode that I've prepared, and we hope to do that here within the next week or so. We're going to talk about that and see what we can do. If you like our music trivia shows. Check that out. We should have one of those up soon. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you have nothing to add, TR, send us home. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show on the Wide Men Radio Network. slash Wide Men Can Jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise. Google Play player FM and anywhere you find your favorite podcast this show has been brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P new at newlawoffice.com, law officecom facebook.com slash makeup Kennedy and wowfreecamcom you can also follow us on Twitter at wide jump you can follow us on instagram at wide men can't jump and on Facebook at facebook.com slash wide men can't jump please leave us a five-star review on iTunes also Rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in same time, same place for the Wide Men Radio Network at BlogTalkRadio.com/slash Wide Men Can't Jump.